your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. If you want to get in here, do it now. Just call now or text now. You can text the whole show, actually. I'm going to have a couple of guests on today. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, La Cresta Animal Shelter uh, needing donations right now because they have an influx of animals from an incident that just recently happened. And we'll talk to uh, them in just a couple of minutes. And then after that, I'm going to have the Democratic Party chair of Wisconsin on uh, the child tax credit begins tomorrow. I don't have children, so I don't think I'm eligible. Although I act like a child sometimes. Does it count then? Do my parents, are my parents eligible if their 40-year-old son still acts like a child? Uh, But that starts to come into play tomorrow. So Ben Wickler is going to uh, come on and talk about that a little bit. And yeah, that's the show. And then it'll be done before we even know it started. Uh, Bucks play tonight. I'm excited for that. Just have to get it in because they got to tie the series tonight. They play in, in the NBA Finals for the first time since 1974. Uh, they won the Finals 1971 for everybody who remembers that. What was that like? Anyone? Anyone want to call in and just talk to me about how uh, cool it was when the Bucks won the NBA championship? Anyone? Of the age where they remember 1971. Uh, playing the Suns, they're down 2-1, to one, right? They're still down. Yeah, 2-1. to one. They're at home again tonight. Thought about going. My friend has tickets. But I just, I don't want to beg. <laughs> like, hey, can I have a ticket? Uh, I'm on uh, ESPN right now. It says tickets as low as $435. Well, good. <laughs> let, me, let me jump right on that. Um, obviously last minute. I don't think they're always that high. It is the finals. I mean, sometimes in the regular season, you can get a Bucks game for for uh, like $15 or che- or cheaper if you get the uh, on like StubHub at the last second because people just want to get rid of the tickets because they're not going. Um, but pretty excited for that. I've watched every Bucks playoff game, pretty much every minute of every Bucks playoff game, except maybe when they're up or down 30, which happens a lot in the playoffs. It's really weird how those things swing. It'll be thir- you're up 31 at one point. Uh, you win the game, and you're thinking, wow, my team just won by 30. And then the next game, you lose by 30. And it's like, what just happened? How does that even happen? How are you so good and then so bad? Uh, making shots. It's all about making shots. Uh, coming on tomorrow, Chris Main with Viterbo, uh, biology teacher at Viterbo here in lacrosse. We're going to talk about all things virus, I guess. Maybe maybe more than that, too. I mean, we, we like to joke around, too, a lot. But he's going to come in studio and chit-chat about uh, a bunch of stuff related to COVID. We've, we're kind of over it, right? A lot of people just, that's eh, over. I mean, if you're vaccinated, you, you almost feel invincible a little bit. Um, and, and we'll see if that's the case. I, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt that that's the case. But, I mean, that's kind of where we're at even though I think we're at like the 50% mark of people being vaccinated in the state here, which is like not even close to where we need to be. So the thing's just going to live and annoy us for as long as 
it takes to get, I would say, like 85, 90%. So uh, I got the data right here where uh, people have at least one dose is at 51%. People who had at least two doses, this is the full population, 48.1%. But you have to, you kind of have to, I don't, they do it plus 18 as well. So people that are completely vaccinated that are 18 and over, we're at 58.8% in the state. So what does that mean? You know, like that's not very high. It seems like we've been able to get, I mean, for, for a while there, you could just go get vaccinated. You just walk in and, and walk out and get it. And you would be done like 10 minutes and that was it. And, uh, now, now that's not quite the case. Uh, Gary's calling. Oh, did I hang up on Gary? I might've hung up on Gary. Gary call back. Um, but yeah, 58.8%. I can click on La Crosse County too. I got it right here. La Crosse County doing a little bit better. Uh, La Crosse County is at full vaccinated people 18 and older, 66%, 67%. So we're way better than the state, which is cool. Uh, Gary, is that you? Yes, it is. Hey, I'm sorry I hung up on you there. Go ahead. You're on the air. That's okay. Yeah, I just wanted to say I actually was a sophomore in high school if I remember right, okay. and I'm pretty sure I was a sophomore in high school. My favorite player ever has been Oscar Robertson, Did so that go. was so exciting, and, and I liked him, and then when the Bucks got him, obviously he just cemented right in. And then uh, Hakeem Olajuwon is my second favorite player ever, but Oscar to me is still the greatest. If he was such an unselfish ball player, or he would still have that triple-double record. You know, It was just tied and broken this year by a great player, but Oscar was just... Uh, and he's a great human being too. It's just, and I, I heard he was at the game the other night. They're they're bringing back some of those old players. Now, are you a uh, Hakeem's my favorite player? Is that because you're just a big tall guy, and in high school you were a center? Yeah, yeah, but I just like I think Hakeem. You know, his nickname was the Dream, and he was just, you know, before Giannis. I mean, there was Hakeem as far as being able to move so fluid and just so neat. Earl Monroe, probably my third favorite player. I I love the Pearl when. He used to drive, and he would do so many things with the ball when he was in the air. But, yeah, those are my three favorite by far NBA players. I would just love if Giannis could just – one ounce of what Hakeem has in the post. <laughs> like Giannis has some goofy yeah. post moves. I yeah. mean, they're unique, yeah. but he doesn't have that fluidity that Hakeem has. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And I, he, um, Great ball player. and um, But I think Hakeem – you know, obviously when you're that big, there aren't that many that are the greatest shots in the world, but – Giannis obviously has to work on his shooting, but Hakeem, you know, he wasn't a bad shooter from eight, nine, ten feet out. Hakeem was actually pretty, pretty good shot. Yeah, he was great. Um, Giannis a little bit better, probably on top of the key. Giannis is probably just uh, people for people that aren't watching the Bucks. Um, the Bucks have this transcendent player that's a, basically a unicorn who is seven feet tall and can dribble full court like a, like a point guard out there, and and that's something that. Yep. Uh, tall players, big seven-footers back in the day could never even do. No, and he can cover so much ground in three steps. Yeah. I'm just amazed when he I mean, he starts getting that stride going and he takes those three or four long steps, and it seems like he's gone half court. Yeah, the, best, like, oh my God. the best is when uh, when the other team's going to lay it in and Giannis is nowhere to be seen, and then he's pinning the ball against the backboard. Yeah, yeah. Like to come back from that injury and do that the other night, that was amazing. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. Take care, Rick.
All right, that's Gary Podesky. Uh, all right, coming back, coming up here, I got to get Brad to do the news, and then not that I'm getting him to do the news, he'll willingly do it. Uh, and then I'm going to bring on the La Cressa Animal Shelter uh, to talk about uh, the, their their big dire need right now. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you want to text, just text me if you have questions. Uh, right now, Diane Forster is on with me. She's the, well, Diane, you're the you know, the cat health coordinator, and uh, you work at the Lacrosse. I, I don't know if you are if you work there or if I should call you a volunteer, because I think a lot of people there are the volunteers at the Lacrosse Animal Rescue. Yeah, all of our people that are here are all volunteers. We don't have any paid positions here. All right. And um, for for anyone that doesn't, I, I talked about this a very little bit yesterday, but I, I kind of want to get the word out there that the animal the animal rescue really needs help right now there in the Crescent. Um, you, you guys, uh, I'll break down the story real quick. Uh, you guys got a phone call from somebody in town. Uh, they couldn't handle the cats that they they had and uh, when you went to get the cats there were just uh, there were some how many cats were there when you found out in this home uh, approximately fifty give or take a few <laughs> and at, at this point uh, when when you when you first I don't do you do, are you one of the first people to witness this or how or do you just hear this from uh, other people that are at the house. Um, the police were there first, and then we were the, me and one other of the cat health care coordinators were the other, the next people that were in just to kind of assess the situation of the cats and see if there were any that needed immediate, you know, medical attention and needed to be brought out. So we went there, and then we did end up taking a few kittens home that day that were pretty sickly, um, and then we just came back to the shelter and made a plan of how we were going to handle this all and what we were going to do exactly because it was such an undertaking. Yeah, for your little building over there in the Crescent, I mean, if the even if the Cooley, Human, Cooley Region Humane Society had something like this happen, uh, I think 50 cats would be probably their limit, don't you think? I don't know. I guess I don't know how many cats they can have. Yeah, I'm not sure what their, avail- their limit is. But, but your limit yeah, is... Yeah, go ahead. Ours is forty. Ours is forty, so it's well beyond our capacity. So, and, and we've been for- trying to take them in slowly. Right, and in having forty cats, even if your limit is at forty cats, that's that's definitely not ideal. Correct. Yeah, we're pretty crowded with forty, but it works. So the plan now, and you got this call maybe what two weeks ago, or a little more than that. Um. Yeah, it was right around a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then you, you guys devised the plan, and essentially you're just like slowly taking taking these cats from this house, uh, it, it, the ones in the worst shape first. Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah, we took the ones in the worst shape first, and we also tried to uh, take some of the pregnant ones out that looked like they were going to deliver soon. Uh, and... Also, some of the females, we didn't want any more of them getting pregnant. Um, and that was kind of a debate. Should we take the females out first so they don't get pregnant, or we should, should we get the males out first? <laughs> so we didn't know how many were females, how many were males, and it was you know, pretty impossible to get a count on that because they would all scatter when we would enter. Um, so we're just taking in 
oh, three cats probably every few days. And we did have um, one of the vets offered to do spay and neuter 10 cats for us uh, for free. They just happened to have a vet student that was practicing. So we were trying to get females for that because it's obviously cheaper for us to uh, neuter a male than it is to spay a female. So we wanted to get females done. So we're trying to get those done. Um, so I don't know. It's just kind of been yeah, random you, here. Yeah, I mean, there, you you guys probably don't have a plan for. Hey, we have fifty. We're going to have uh, fifty cats, which we can't have in our in our facility. And a lot of them are sick. A lot of them are kittens that need care. You were telling me yesterday that the kittens need care every two hours. Some of these kittens. Yeah, we've had a couple um, newborn kittens that have um, the moms birthed them here since they arrived. And a couple of the kittens, um, the mothers have rejected them. So um, they needed, need to be syringe fed every two hours around the clock. Um, so that's, we've tried to um, get those into foster homes where they've had experience with that kind of thing and they can take care of those kittens. Fortunately, the other ones that were um, that were born here, they've all been doing well, and they're thriving, so that's good. Now, I got a, I got a text here that I, I won't read, but I, I will address this text. Uh, the La Cressa Animal Rescue is a no-kill shelter, so they're not... There's, there's the only way that they're getting uh, euthanizing any of these animals is if they're, they're not going to make it. You guys know for sure. Um, so that's kind of a big part of, of the, 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 the situation here is you're not, you're not putting any of these animals down for the most part. No, we got in one yesterday that was very, very sick. Um, it didn't look like it was going to make it, but, um, we brought it in to the vet and we got it turned around and it looks like it's doing much better. So we're crossing our fingers with that one. Um, some vet expenses, but we're hoping that, you know, we can raise enough money to get our vet expenses covered. So we're trying our best not to have to put any of these cats down. We'll do anything that, you know, is within our power. So... No. We haven't had any besides this one that have been really, really sick. Now, uh, you know, the big part there, you mentioned it, you need you need help paying for bills. Uh, so if you go to the La Cressa Animal Rescue webpage, just just Google it, and then just find Donate and and, and just hit the Donate button, right, Diane? And then uh, yeah, and yeah. There, you have a GoFundMe, but is there a better way? I mean, they can hit on the GoFundMe, but there's there's probably all kinds of ways to donate here, right? Yeah, um, you can use um, the GoFundMe. I mean, you can pay with Venmo and credit cards. Um, you can just email, you know, checks to the shelter, um, that kind of thing. Because one of our big expenses, obviously, is going to be vet bills, so we need money for that. Uh, we also need things like um, we got a lot of kitten food donated to us, so that was very helpful. But now we need... Um, cat food, hard hard cat food, and we use the Purina One Indoor Advantage for adults. Um, we could use a lot of that. Uh, we also in, in need of four-gallon trash bags. We go through a lot of those with cat litter, 
and uh, Farm and Fleet Clumping Litter is the brand of litter that we use. That's really good. So those are three things that we could use a lot of. We go through a lot of that stuff right now. Now, the, and then the best way, I think if somebody had, uh, you know, if they had a box of trash bags, it'd be great. But the best way, as opposed to driving over to Farm and Fleet and, and trying to pick out what you need, uh, it might be, just be easier to hit hit the uh, the donate button on the webpage and, and throw 10, 15 bucks. Because you're, you're going to go shopping, right, Diane? Um, yeah, yeah, we will. Um, you can also, you know, all these places, obviously, you can shop online at them and just have them delivered here. We've had the post office, I think, is um, we're driving them nuts with all the deliveries, but <laughs> that's a good thing for us. So a lot of people are just shopping online and having it sent to us. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that makes sense, too. I know you have an Amazon wish list. Um, with 50 cats, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't take in all these cats so you're gonna get you're gonna get you're, you're like you said you're taking a couple in every every day or every couple of days uh, to get them out of this this place in the crescent and then eventually um, how long before along with people needing to donate money so you can get these cats spayed and neutered and and their shots and vaccinations and everything um, can people need to start coming to uh, adopt some cats right can we do that pretty quick. Um, fairly soon. We need to get them all um, tested, not all of them, but a, a um, sampling of them tested for FIV and FLV, uh, feline leukemia and feline AIDS. And once we have a good sample of them that have tested negative for that, um, then we can start vetting them and start doing their vaccines and um, getting everything else done that needs to be done before they can be adopted. And so as soon as we get that blood test done, which should be hopefully by about next week, then we can start putting up putting them up on our website and um, putting them up for adoption. So it should be in the next, um, I would hope, week, week and a half. Okay. That they should be going up all right well you tell me when that happens and i'll let people know um i will i will now now um getting these cats how many volunteers do you have there i know at this point we don't want any more volunteers because we don't have any time to train volunteers maybe down the road if anyone wants to volunteer there and, and help out that's great but you have a lot of volunteers there now um we're struggling to cover shifts um Everybody is stretched kind of thin these days. Yeah, you don't um, sound tired at all, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're stretched pretty thin. We like to have two people cover in the morning cleaning and one in the evening, but we don't even have all of our morning shifts covered with one person right now. Um, so, yeah, Um I would say maybe 30 volunteers for cat cleaning and things right now, but not everybody. A lot of them are just fill-in helpers and, you know, can only come in um, once in a very great while. So we don't have enough regular day-to-day helpers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of our conundrum right now is we don't have time to train volunteers even though we need volunteers. Right, and know it's, it's such a such a mess. Um all right, that's Diane Forster. Diane, I'm out of time, but I appreciate you coming on and telling us and I'll try to uh keep getting the word out that that you guys need some donations 
uh, you're you're looking at about you're about halfway there to your seventy five hundred dollar goal on GoFundMe. Right. And if you yep. just go, anyone that wants to help out, just Google La Crescent Animal Rescue and then click the donate button. But thanks a lot, Diane. Yeah, thank you. Bye. All right, I got to take another break. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news. Then Ben, ben Wickler, the lacrosse, uh, the uh, Wisconsin Democratic Party chair, talking about the child tax credit. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Diane Forrester just joined us with the Lacrosse or Lacrescent uh, La Animal Rescue, a no-kill shelter uh, right there when you come into Lacrescent. Uh, if you're coming from downtown, I should say. Uh, they just they just got a phone call a couple of weeks ago where uh, somebody had a lot of cats. I, I think the call went something like, uh, I can't take care of these cats anymore. It's getting overwhelming. And, and you kind of think, okay, well, what is it? Like five, six cats, 10 cats? You know, what's the amount of cats that's overwhelming? And it's 50 cats. <laughs> and it's I, I, I laugh because... Uh, that's a lot of cats, and uh, I can't uh, imagine how, how you would even deal with that. <laughs> so I, I just don't I don't know. But um, so so the La Crescent Animal Rescue definitely needs some help. They need some donations. They want to get seventy five hundred to help pay for vet bills. I mean, that doesn't even sound like that much money when uh, when that lacrosse priest is getting seven uh, three hundred thousand dollars for lawyer fees. Uh, because the, the the bishop here has has excommunicated him from the Catholic Party, uh, they're getting three hundred thousand dollars for lawyer fees. But uh, the La Crescent Animal Shelter is asking for seventy five hundred. Ben Wickler, uh, how many cats is too many cats for your house? Fifty is the fifty too many for you? I think uh, I could probably go with a number less than fifty cats. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, our animal shelter here just got a call. Some guy in their house had fifty cats and. Uh, so the animal shelter has has a little bit to deal with. Holy smokes. <laughs> I have one new puppy in my house, and I can hardly handle that. <laughs> right. Uh, ben Wickler, that's the, that's the chair of the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. He wants to talk about the child tax credit a little bit. And I think you want to tout how well Ron Johnson has handled the child tax credit in uh, <laughs> over the past couple, over the, you know, wh- wh- however long we've been negotiating this. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to kind of explain how Wisconsin, uh, the people of Wisconsin are going to be affected by this child tax credit? I'd love to start there. Absolutely. So if, if you're listening to this right now, and you have children at home. If you have kids under the age of 18, you're going to start seeing this month monthly checks, monthly deposits appearing in your bank account because of the child tax credit expansion that uh, President Biden, that Tammy Baldwin, that every Democratic Congress voted for, and every Republican, starting with Ron Johnson, who we'll get to more in a minute, voted against. For for uh, any parent who has a child over six, it's uh, $3,000 a year, so uh, $500 a month, which is an extraordinary, uh, uh, an extraordinary benefit, and it's thirty six hundred dollars a year if your children are younger than that. So it's it's a tremendous boost. It's a real help for parents. Uh, on the other side of the coin, Ron Johnson voted against support for families. He voted against even getting the stimulus bill in, in, in the stimulus checks into folks' bank accounts, and he voted a few years ago for a giant tax cut for multimillionaires like himself. So this is somebody who is, you know, all about providing, uh, you know, tax cuts to certain people. Uh, but when it comes to parents, 
he has been dead set against it. And I think this is going to be one of the central issues in the 2022 election, because every parent is, is going to make use of those child tax credit uh, you know, contributions to make a difference in their kids' lives, and they don't want someone like Ron Johnson to come along and take them away. Why, why is this always a fight? It's, uh, throughout the pandemic, I've always been saying, uh, give if we're going to give money, give money to people because people will then go and spend money. I think we could see that with the little bit of amount of money we got um, back in 20, was it 2016, 2017? We, we, can you explain who got those tax cuts? Cause everyone could say, ah, the rich and the corporations got the tax cuts, but you know, is there a better, is there a more succinct way to say it or less succinct, a more descriptive way to say what the, who benefited from those tax cuts? When you say Ron Johnson's a millionaire and he benefited from it. Um, it, it I mean, is it, is it simple as that? Yeah, so uh, you know, by one estimate, it's seven out of ten dollars went to the top one percent, which means the bottom ninety nine percent had to divide up the, the the remaining less than a third of the tax cut. I mean, it was overwhelmingly uh, tilted to the very richest people in our country. It's people who themselves have a huge income or people who own companies, people uh, with you know, huge amounts of of stock or huge ownership stakes in, in corporations, um, people like Ron Johnson. And so that's, I mean, I don't know about you personally, but uh, I and most people that I know did not come out of the, the Trump tax cut suddenly feeling like they had this, this huge new benefit in their bank accounts. Whereas now with the child tax credit, it, it is going to people. And frankly, what's funny about it is when regular people have more money in their pocket, they, they do spend it, and that makes everyone better off from the bottom to the top. It, you know, it's a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, the, the Trump tax cut that Ron Johnson voted for enthusiastically was kind of parachuting, uh, you know, hyper-targeted buckets of cash onto super yachts instead of lifting the waters that, that benefit all of us. All right, I'm getting a text here. Tim texts in, uh, where is the money coming from from the child tax credits? Because that's where we want to. That's where we want to start. Where's the money coming from? We didn't. I don't know if we had that question in 2017, but uh, now it's a question. Well, in 2017 and now, uh, these are these are uh, benefits that we're basically making making the investment to in order to stimulate. Well, now we're ma- making the investment in order to stimulate the economy. Um, President Biden has the jobs plan. He has a families plan that are fully paid for by increasing taxes on the very wealthy. Um, this, the American Rescue Plan, was passed, you know, in the, the darkest moment in the pandemic to be able to, to help lift us out of it. And if this, if this bill is made permanent, the president has proposed an array of things like increasing, you know, tax law enforcement on the wealthiest wage earners who are getting basically a free pass from the IRS right now. So, uh, you know, right now uh, we have interest rates that are incredibly low. This is something that we can afford that will make a huge difference in people's lives. And the long-term plan is, is fully paid for by the, by the president's proposals. That is totally unlike Donald Trump, who just blew a hole in the, the federal budget, created huge deficits without a care of the world about how it would be paid for in the long run, just to benefit a small handful of people like his friends and like people like Ron Johnson. All right. Here's another text, Ben. Uh, this is from Libertarian Guy. You ready? It's a little longer, but I'll read it because he's he's always writing books to me. Uh, he says it's not as simple as that. I'm guessing the 2017 tax tax reduction, but let's go on. The tax reductions improved empl- un- improved employment and wages and wages went up, which is what benefited the public. Middle class received a reduction as well. Poor people did not receive a reduction because they were not paying in in the first place. Simple minded explanation distorts the truth. 
So, yeah, there's there's lies, there's damn lies, and there's statistics. There's a bunch of different ways that you can describe how the numbers work. Uh, the reality is the the numbers on paper for the marginal tax rate for, for capital gains, for income taxes, those, yeah, those are higher for wealthier people. But the fraction of the overall paycheck that middle-class people pay is much higher than that of people like Jeff Bezos, the, the richest man in the country, or Elon Musk, because those guys make most of their money from their ownership of companies, from stock, and capital gains are taxed at a lower rate than middle-class incomes. So when you make these these corporate tax cuts, the capital gains tax cuts, those things pour giant amounts of money on the very richest people, and uh, those people are not paying nearly as big a chunk of their income in Social Security, Medicare, the other things that that make up the larger share of taxes that middle-class folks pay. So all that's a little bit in the weeds. If you back up, rich people are paying tiny amounts of tax. Huge corporations are paying tiny amounts of tax in this country, and they're cheating on their taxes at a higher rate than not gone after for it because the IRS has essentially been tilted towards going after poor middle-class people instead of rich people. Joe Biden wants to fix that. He wants an IRS that actually makes sure rich people pay their fair share and have tax rates to match. And you can make tax cuts refundable. That's what the child tax credit is, so that even if the you know the income tax that you're paying might not be as high as the, the FICA tax, you still get a check into your bank account to help cover your family's costs. That's something that tons of countries around the world do. It's something that the United States has not done because of the power of you know, the most well-connected tax lobbyists who work for the biggest corporations. But with Joe Biden, with Tammy Baldwin, and Democrats in Congress and the White House, we're actually trying to create a tax system that rewards work instead of rewarding wealth, and that helps families through the hardest times in their lives instead of leaving them high and dry while showering money on those who don't need it. We're talking with Ben Wickler. He's the chair of the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. He has a new puppy. Ben, when you say you're in the weeds, if you put your puppy out in the weeds, you'll, you'll be able to see him or her every once in a while because they'll jump up and you'll see their head pop up because <laughs> they got to see where they're going. Because as you're talking here, you're right. You're in the weeds. You're putting me to sleep. I don't. I I, I shouldn't have asked it because it was too deep. Um, and all I see <laughs> is the puppy's head bouncing. Oh, yeah, I understand that part. And I, every time I see the puppy's head bounce up and down. Um I did have a friend the other day, uh, they were talking about, you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't accept, I don't know if you can, maybe don't accept the check for the child's tax credit because down the road you're going to be penalized for accepting this. How, how bad of a notion is that? That doesn't make any sense at all. This is like the child tax credit is supporting uh, 92% of all the kids in Wisconsin. So all the parents of, of more than 9 out of 10 kids in Wisconsin are going to get a benefit from this. Uh, there are There are... I think 45% of the kids in Wisconsin who are now in poverty will be lifted out of poverty by this benefit. It's help. It's just help that's on the way. And frankly, you never see a Republican multimillionaire sending back a tax cut that Republicans passed for them out of some concept that they're going to be penalized for it down the road. On the contrary, they're more likely to stash it in an overseas bank account. Uh, this, it comes down to this fundamental idea of fairness, of whose side the government should be on. And, and, and the idea that, uh, you know, in my view, in most economists' view, in Democrats' view, you grow the economy from the middle out, from the bottom up, not trickle down from the top. And so, you know, we could talk about the numbers until the, the sun rises and sets 100 times. But the, the core of it is this, the, the child tax credit is a benefit to people with kids, not a benefit to people who own yachts. It's not a benefit to people who have car elevators like Mitt Romney did in 2012. It's a benefit to anyone who has a child. And if you think that 
kids are going to be the you know future of the country. Investing in kids makes a lot of sense. All right, That's here, the bottom line here. All right, Ben, here's here's two texts from Steve. Uh, one, I'll just read them both. First of all, he says the government shouldn't be taking care of the kids. That's the parents' responsibility. But the second text is kind of funny based on who you are. He goes, sorry, but this guy has no clue what he's talking about. He's a pure Democrat and will always lie for the party. Um, well, I would say Ben's probably a pure Democrat because he's the chair of the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. I don't know if he's lying for the party. But um, uh, the, the idea that government shouldn't be taking care of kids, that's it's the parents' responsibility. So we should, but we need to take care of the corporations is where I'm getting, going with that. You know, I'm a parent. I have three kids. It's my job to take care of those kids with my wife, with our, our you know, friends and family in our community. Um, but giving parents the, the ability to support their kids, that is something that you know, government should be on folks' side, should be having their back and, and helping them to, to help themselves. Uh, this is not the government dictating, you know, your kid should be in uh, on the football team or this kid should be, you know, getting uh, special help with dyslexia. This is the government saying, hey, parents, you know what's best for your kids. We're going to make sure that you have some resources to be able to help your kids move through life. And, and that's exactly what's going to happen with this. Um, I, I've talked to parents who've been in tears that, that, you know, things that they have not been able to even contemplate for their, for their kids. Um, help for kids with special needs, the, the ability to do an extracurricular that they've always dreamed of, they'll be able to do that now because they have the government's help. And there's no reason why, why we can't do that. We're the richest country in the world. We spend gonzo amounts of money to support you know, some of the biggest companies in the history of human existence. How about supporting parents and families for once? Yeah, we and we saw this. I mean, we're going to see the benefit of this. We saw this the ben, the benefit of it with the, the the checks that we got. Right, the the we we saw kind of a boost in 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 consumer sales. I would say. I mean, I went and bought a. I call it my Trump bicycle. I got that twelve hundred dollar check, Ben. I spent it on a nice bike. Um, so that we're going to see this again, right? When these when these checks start coming out. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's you know, for some people, it's it's a it's a it's a nicer bike than the one they had before. For other people. It means, you know, being able to repair the car so they can give their kid a ride to school instead of the, you know, the, the kid needing to um, take a series of buses and, and not be able to do any extracurricular activities. I mean, it's real substantial differences for a lot of people. There's never been a single piece of legislation that cut child poverty in half in the history of this country until this moment. I mean, we have a real, real game changer on our hands. The next and step... I, the next step here, Ben, would be to make this permanent, right? I mean, we're doing this for one time, and then we'll have to do it again next year? That's exactly it. So in the American Rescue Plan, this is a, a rescue plan. This is a piece of emergency legislation. We're going to have a kind of tryout of, you know, what difference does this make? Is this worth, is this worth the, the money that it takes to do? It's frankly not that expensive dollar for dollar. I think this is like Social Security, and anyone who proposes – you know, getting rid of Social Security now is political toast. I think that the the child tax credit, I think we should come up with a new name for it, uh, maybe Social Security for kids. I think this is one of those kind of bedrock. If you're an American, you deserve to, to have some support to make it through your, your childhood years and get out into the world. Um, I think this will be something Americans demand to make permanent, and it's something we know Ron Johnson has already thrown himself into fighting against. That's a real problem for him politically. I think there's an opportunity for us to stand up for our values, stick up for families, make this permanent, and make sure you know parents and kids aren't out there all on their own. All right. That's Ben Wickler. He's the Democratic Party chair of Wisconsin. Thanks a lot for stopping in, Beth. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Bye.
Uh, all right, one more quick break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Funny how people on the text line are just fighting, fighting with Ben. We're we're giving a tax credit to parents with kids. It's a one-time deal. It should be permanent. We should just be doing this all the time. Low-income, middle class. I th- I would say that even some some parents probably making or the cutoff could probably be lower. Uh, I think it's like a hundred thousand or something like that. Uh, we talked about this before with like the the Wisconsin tax cuts and the budget and it being for most of it being for people that are make over a hundred thousand dollars. So when everybody touts the the tax cuts, woohoo tax cuts! It's it's not going to anyone making under a hundred grand. It's very not not most of it anyway. Um, but you know the the idea that we shouldn't be helping parents with kids at this point, middle class, lower class. I guess you can't say lower, uh, uh, and then, uh, but we need, the, but but we're going to fight for the 2017 corporate tax cuts because you know trickle down. If you're still thinking trickle down economics works, it's very comical. To think about when you got that $1,200 check and what you did with it over the last what two years or whatever. What did you do with that check? 1200 and then there was a $600 one. And was there another $1,200 one? Uh, yeah, what'd you do with that? You you spend it? Still got it? Did you cash it? All right, that's all the time I got. Uh, we're talking with Chris Mayne, Viterbo biology professor, tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We start-